You know, at the end of the day, I'm just very disappointed uh, that Sean William Scott doesn't have Ryan Reynolds' career. This is kind of where I'm where I'm at in 2022. Him as Deadpool. Uh, I don't you, I don't care about Deadpool. I, I I think every other movie Ryan Reynolds has done could have been Sean William Scott, and it would have been more enjoyable. You know, uh, that's Bill Simmons has this theory about uh, I think uh, I think it's like Damon or somebody. He thinks you could sub in Damon, make it more interesting. I forget who he wants to sub out. Matt Damon. I, yeah, I like this theory of yours though. Yeah, I, I think Sean yeah. William Scott's got got some juice. I, yeah, it was fun to watch him in The Rock in Southland Tales, like right after yeah. this, which is how my weekend went. Yeah. Just I don't know. They kind of they got an interesting spark together. Mm-hmm. I don't know. See, I kept recasting him with uh, Kevin Hart in my head and making a better movie. I'm I'm so sick of them together. Well, I know, I but don't, but this is this could have been their first movie and I, together, and I think that'd have been great because they do have such good chemistry. I really am so tired of them oh. together. I can't I can't even get on your wavelength <laughs> no, for this one. I'm no. sorry. No, I'm just, just, I'm so sick of it. Yeah, that's central inta- central intelligence movies. That's okay, but yeah, yeah. I'm just like so over them doing the same shtick in like four different movies that's fair i don't know it just feels like a a, a thing of a bygone era uh, you know the uh the sort of big guy small guy and they used to do it better yeah you know i mean yeah i don't know i, I don't know the arnie danny devito energy yes. right and, yeah i was even well, that's thinking what we, that's what we actually need we just need junior but yeah. it's the rock and but it's the rock and kevin hart and kevin hart yeah, that was... <laughs> but Kevin Hart's the baby. <laughs> yeah, he plays the baby the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there for that. Well, hello everybody, and welcome again to the Good Trash Honor Cast. Where we gather around a table, we discuss the films you'll never discuss. Absolutely, in a film studies course, hundred uh, percent. As we look at the rundown, starring uh, Dwayne the Rock, the Rock, the Rock, Dwayne, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, that's a forgot about that. that's, that's an old that's bit. an old bit of Dalton's that I yeah. mangled on purpose there. Uh, on I'm purpose. still Dustin. I'm still Arthur. I am still Dalton. And we are here to talk about this movie now. We need to warn you, dear listener, if this is the first time you've tuned into this show, uh, we need to let you know that this is not a review show. It is an analysis show. And that does indeed mean that there will be spoilers. Um, for a 20-year-old Peter Berg film. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 20-year-old <laughs> The Rock movie. Um, I bet he makes it. <laughs> Uh, gee willikers, but we're we're gonna avoid that for the uh, first part of the show. We'll have a synopsis, which will be spoiler free. We'll have thumbs up, thumbs down reviews, which are spoiler gentle. Uh, then we'll have, which are more like an option A, you might even say. Sure. Um, and then more like a, a rougher option B. We have uh, a little game that we play called Expand the Syllabus, which might not involve spoilers necessarily of this film, but. Just Films in its orbit. And then finally, we get down to business, and that business will be analysis, and that's when we are at option C, which is bad. Everyone suffers much of the spoiling. And so, there you go. Um, I'm done with that preamble. I would love you, to... You use the movie in your preamble, which I thought was pretty good. Do you know there's a way, uh, there's an alternative universe wherein there's a sequel to this film, uh, which is just a remake of the Stanley Tucci-Tony Shalhoub joint, uh, The Big Night, uh, where Beck does open a restaurant. Okay. And okay. he has a big critic coming, and he now, has to prepare. And, and we've got it's Sean William Scott like, working as the busboy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, yeah Rosario Dawson D. comes back, and she's, she's the bartender. bartender. Yeah. yeah. Sean William Scott's the maitre d'. I'm sorry. I'm just... Christopher Walken is, you know, <laughs> the food <shows> vendor. <laughs> big Big Night is a... Never heard of this movie before. What a cast. Oh, you haven't? No, this is oh. totally, new, totally new information to me. Yeah, I think that's the name. Tucci and uh, Shalhoub? Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, it's about uh, a restaurant, I think. I would love to have... That sounds incredible. Double check no, I've never facts. seen it. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, two brothers running an Italian restaurant. Uh, business not going well as a rival. The Italian restaurant is out competing them. Yeah, the mini driver, Ian Holm. Ooh. Whoa! Ian Holm and mini driver? Hell uh, yeah. 
That sounds like a good picture. Shalhoub, Isabel Rosalini. All right, well, we're doing Allison this on the show. Allison Janney, Mark yeah. Anthony. Yeah, hell yeah. I'm oh, my Scott. gosh. Ayo, what'd you I'd say? Leave Schreiber. Leave Schreiber? Oh, man. I thought everybody... Okay. Yeah, we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, the, we. I gosh, I need because this in my Tucci life. directs. That's right. Oh. And okay. And okay. co-directs, I should say, co-directs with Campbell mm. Scott. All right. I'm kind of. I'm there for this. Yeah, it that sounds like incredible. Paul Walker and Brad Cooper had a baby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right then. So now that we are prepared and you have been warned about spoilers, and we've talked uh, a little bit about the big night, uh, which was very important for this. Film. It was a very important sidebar for <laughs> us to have. You might have made a very niche joke, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, Arthur, do you have a synopsis prepared for us today? I do. I would love to hear it. Uh, wannabe restaurateur Beck is trying to give up the hired gun life and open his own joint, Southern Italian. But to do so, he needs to finish one last job: bring his boss's son back. From Brazil, did you? Are you aware of the restaurateur theory? What's the restaurateur theory? It, it is. <laughs> it, it is the theory by which the chef is the author of the food. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, and I should have known from Arthur's laugh that this is a bit you've been trotting out on. Uh, 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 on At least thirty minutes time. ago, I, I, yeah. well, I broke it out for the very first You're time. Testing when, it when out. He said restaurateur, and I went, "Oh, like the you know, uh-huh. yeah." Yeah, he's starting to work out his type five. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's working on it. That's good. <laughs> It's a very niche film critic uh, <laughs> yeah. centered top uh, serial killer type five. Yeah, I've got my uh, serial killer film type five. Gonna, top five. Yeah. What, what's your type five going to be? I've already made a top five before. I don't have to do one ever again. <laughs> that's that's the trick about making one is you can just always recycle it. And it's mine's about dumb shit. <laughs> hey, Dustin, what do you think of this movie? Um, I thought this movie was very fun. I think it's two different movies. Have you seen it before? I had seen it before. Okay. And, uh, and, and the two different movies are the movie that is most the movie and the video game that is the first few minutes of this film. Uh, I do not care for the uh, ESPN graphics. And uh, but I do like the sort of uh, the quick cut. It you know you like the you like the ESPN graphic. You're there for okay. Well, that's fine. You can be wrong. Uh, it's okay. It's a safe place um, where we can trot out bad ideas. And, <laughs> and but I don't care for that uh, because it does make it feel like it's going to be a different kind of movie. The a much more sort of Pokemon cards or you know baseball cards or whatever versions of these various players. I mean that's what I wanted. I wanted a Christopher Walken graphic. If you're gonna do, I didn't want it, but that's what I expected. And it just it does feel weirdly stitched in, though that fight scene is excellent. And that is what's great about this movie, is the fight choreography. It absolutely totally works. Um, give me Tarzan Jiu-Jitsu, Jungle Jiu-Jitsu at any given point. And yeah, that's that, that, That's what Sean we- uh, Scott, White, white Name McWhite a, Name you got it. says. You, um, you did it once. Sean William Scott. Yeah. yeah, that's a bunch of white guy names. Uh-huh, uh, it is. But uh, that's, yeah, that's what he calls it, and that's accurate and i'm there for it and uh you know Dwayne the rock johnson playing a superhero fighting in brazil is fun and also some neo-colonialism so i'll take a little bit of light neo-colonialism and so yeah he's a big fan of colonialism colonial theory um (laughs) i should say i'm very glad we clarified all right so what do you think of this movie arthur do you like it uh yeah it's it's a fun time uh it, it is multiple movies mashed together though uh, I don't think it's bad. Uh, no, I I like uh, the 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 graphical choice of 
uh, the the tail of the tape at the beginning. I think it's a fun. Uh, I like the Arnie cameo, uh, which at I the love time the Arnie was cameo, heralded yeah. as a passing of the torch uh, in some ways to to Rocky. Mm. Um, it does. It is a disconnect, though. Mm. I, I'm not going to disagree with that. But I I like that though. I like that treatment. I think it's fun. Um, it's a fun way to introduce that character. I think. Uh, but it would be jarring to see it in the rest of the movie when mm-hmm. when Falcon shows up. Uh, it is part western. It is part adventure movie, uh, and I think uh, that's that all kind of works actually pretty well. Uh, I man, Rock and I think Sean William Scott and the Rock have a great chemistry together as well. They play off each other well, really well. Uh, Rosario Dawson is just kind of there, uh, but she does the best with what she's got. I think. Um, she carries with her own charisma, I think. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah she's Rosario Dawson. It's kind of hard to forget, remember that Rosario Dawson's been working for as long as she has been. Like, I, mean, I, I don't ever think, I always think she's like later 2000s or, you know, but she's been around forever. Yeah, she got kids when she was like 15. Yeah. yeah so when so, they put her in that movie, she's just always been working. Yeah, yeah. which is kind of always wild to think about. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's fun. I, I do think maybe it's a little long the tooth in parts. Uh, it could be tightened up. I know Dalton mentioned that. In his letterbox review, more or less monkey humping. That's what I want to know. Uh, I mean, perfect amount. Yeah, perfect amount. Yeah, yeah. you don't lose any of it. Oh, you don't. You don't want to lose. I don't want to lose a second of it. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta lose something else because yeah, I agree. It's a little I, too long. I don't know. There's just like a weird period after he gets there, and then maybe before he meet they they meet the the resistance. Maybe that's where it needs to be tightened up. I'm not entirely sure where you trim the fat, but it does feel like you could tighten it up with some spots and and get it going. I, I don't love the fight scene in the. the the bar as much because watching it this time is kind of hard to see mm. everything. And mm-hmm. it's more of a lighting choice than the actual fight choreography. Uh, I always love that when the rock was in a movie in this point, he had to hit the rock bottom on somebody, yep. which is good. I've always loved the, uh, the record toss, record player toss. Pretty I've good. always yeah. thought that yeah, was so cool. That's fun. Yeah. They bring out the rock bottom early too. Yeah. It's like the second or third thing he does. Yeah. One of those guys. They just um, got to give him a jabroni to throw down. I always love the <laughs> let's attack him one at a time uh, routine, which Perfect. never seems to work mm-hmm. in anybody's uh, history. And multiple people in this movie try it. Well, the two linemen go two at a time at least. That's yeah. true. That opening scene. Well, that yeah. checks out. They're, they're, they're dual blocking. They're, yeah, they're, from, right. the, they're know, from the line. They know. Yeah. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the guard <laughs> and the tackle. You got to... <laughs> Uh, it's it's fun. It's silly. It's it's a, a kind of a movie and a genre we really don't get a ton of in these kind of jungle adventure type movies. Um, I think. I mean, it, it was a really interesting point as a star vehicle for The Rock uh, before he became Dwayne the Brand Johnson uh, and tripled in size at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, he was really doing some interesting stuff. You already mentioned Southland Tales. I mean, he did Gridiron Gang. He's doing like dramas. He, he did be, uh, be Shorty, Be Cool, Be Shorty. Get Shorty. Get Shorty. Yeah, he or did. Be Cool, the sequel to Get Shorty. Yeah, there we go. There it is. He did Be Cool. He did something kind of weird there. You know, he's making some interesting choices, very much like a Dave Bautista-style career at the time. And then he, a, 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 a switch flipped, and he became just the rock as yeah. whatever he is I know is exactly today. what you're saying. Like, because people get one over on him in this movie, right? Like, yeah. he gets beat up. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't feel mm-hmm. like you'd ever see The Rock get beat up in a in a Rock movie. Though. No. I mean, I haven't seen uh, Black Adam, uh, Black Adam, or I was actually thinking of uh, the Building movie, Rampage. Uh, no, the one where I know, no, the other one. <laughs> Oh, his diehard San Andreas. Yeah, no, no. the other one. <laughs> I know what you're about. I've seen it. It's uh, yeah. him and Nick. High Pan- rise. It's not high rise. No, it's I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, and like it gets shut down. He has to like try to get out yeah. of it and back into it or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah. an amputee. And yeah, he yeah, yeah. Uses prosthetic a couple yeah. of times. I've it's seen that. One. I saw it theaters. Movie. I'm like, 
still don't remember what it's called. Yeah, exactly. I know you're talking about though. But yeah, but I, yeah. I mean, there's there is a weird shift that I, I guess in the early 2010s where he was doing much different movies and becomes like Pain and Gain, and then that that was the end of him making kind of risky things. choices. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyway, it's it's stands that are kind of really interesting. I mean, he's come leaps and bounds from Scorpion King. I, I think he's very good here. Actually, I think mm-hmm. he's very dialed in. And I think what he's doing here isn't far off from the the rock persona uh, from his wrestling time, uh, but there is a humility to him, I think, as well, mm-hmm. which isn't a natural uh, part of that. So I, I think love that he avoids the eyebrow, yeah, and that Sean William Scott does do the it. eyebrow, <laughs> yeah. which is a great choice. So, uh, but it's, it's a fun time. I, I laughed. I, I, it, you know, this was one of those movies, especially at the time, it was a big rotation uh, for teenage Arthur. Um, quoted a lot, obviously a lot of buy-in for The Rock because a huge wrestling fan. Uh, so this was definitely a movie for me at the time, and I enjoyed watching it. I'd you know I'd watch it again. It's an easy mm-hmm. late evening kind of watch, just to vibe to or whatever. So I, I'm into it. Dalton, yeah, I'm right there with you, man. I think you you uh, kind of put the. The, the 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 iron right on it yeah it's, it's right, just kind of yeah i yeah we can it's great it's great with ads you know i watched it on tubi and it's a yeah. perfect movie to have like ad rigs f- yeah mm-hmm. until i have like a minute and 20 to like get up and yeah do some laundry or whatever yeah, yeah it's, i don't know yeah it's a fun movie it, i i do think it's a little too long you know i we as you said i i just yeah we gotta lose something somewhere it, it, this could be a tight 90 it doesn't need to be a full hour like 45 mm-hmm. uh but i i like the rock here i like his vulnerability like uh, the mm-hmm. idea that he's a chef i kind of love that every character in this is an archetype of some kind like it's that kind of movie where everybody is somebody from another movie like mm-hmm. just everybody's walked out of their own movie and there's a totally different archetype and i, I kind of think that works for this movie it just lets the establishment of character happened very quick and we just were on to stuff. Um, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a very solid action comedy. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you're, uh, uh, going to find anything else here. Really. As you said, it's got a little neo-colonialist reading. It's got a great walking performance. I mean, come on. <laughs> the tooth fairy. Do you that, understand the concept? <laughs> the, tooth fairy. The, way, the way he hits concept is yeah, so incredible. So man, he makes some choices, man. <sighs> yeah, he does. Uh, God bless it. him. He, <laughs> oh, he, yeah, he always shows up and makes and this choices. This isn't that kind of rebranding thing for him. He had just done that music video. I can't ever remember uh, what it's called. The where he's dancing. Video. Yeah. Yeah. Weapon of choice. Yeah. And he's yeah. doing that dance and it's kind of reignited yeah. him in the mainstream in a lot of ways for a younger generation too. Yeah. Okay. Joe <laughs> Dirt so is, is just a couple of years before this. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I he's it's a great time for everybody. Like career wise, everyone is at interesting points where they're intersecting. It's, it's such a like movie trope turned on its head moment because you're, you're this is where your bad guy like gives a sort of like really ominous you know sinister bad guy monologue and it's like this tooth you know the tooth fairy and then someone's stolen burglars have stolen my tooth so I don't get my and, and, and it's so weird all the way through. <laughs> Just to begin with, and then the translation piece on top of it, it, man, it works. It's so funny. I love it. Yeah, it is so against, it's like, it's such a walk-in type thing to do, but you're right, it's like against type of what you would expect at this beat in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny, and it's, it's got great comedic beats like that. Um, The Rock is compelling as like uh, a dude with a code, which we'll talk about more. I kind of love his like, oh, I'm not into guns, like the Mm -hmm. the whole thing. I kind of, I'm with you. I like the... The like tail of the tape thing. I like it setting up that he's got like tough guy vision, right? Because that's that's how they bring it. That's (laughs) how they bring it back when he gets to the compound, right? He like scopes out all the guns and the security Mm -hmm. cameras and stuff. So like, yeah, I I love that the Rock has uh, ocular pat down vision. I love Terminator vision. I love that we don't get a ton of his background. No, because we don't know. Like he's got to be like X. 
like arm. Just got like, good have, at beating people up. Was, yeah, is kind like, of all he says about his yeah. background. Like was. Was he just having a bad day at Platt College? <laughs> Was he from the Pig uh, Underground Chef Fight Club? Yeah. Uh, you know? Oh, yeah, like, yeah, oh, man, where did yeah, he then, come from? I like this fan fiction here. This is good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a solid flick. Uh, I, I, like you said, Arthur, it's it's good to put on a vibe, too. Uh, I don't mm-hmm. think uh, it's, it's going to deliver more than that, but I don't think it needs to, really. No, it really doesn't. Well, very good, very good. That's our thoughts, dear listener. Our thoughts are generally pro. We're going to move on to a little game we like to call Expanding the Syllabus. Arthur, can you explain what that's all about? Yeah, sure. Expanding the Syllabus is a thought experiment wherein we, the hosts, are going to assemble an academic course or a module within a course uh, that kind of answers the call of this uh, this uh, podcast. And based around the assigned viewing for this week, uh, we're going to pull out some adjacent texts and some talking points uh, from books, articles, tangentially related films, and stories uh, that you might build a syllabus around for this movie. Sounds like a plan. Arthur, do you have a syllabus prepared for us today? Certainly. I, I'm going to talk about jungle adventure stuff, and this might actually be a module within a pulp literary class, Ooh, yeah, which yeah, we yeah, need to write yeah, down. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, so with that in mind, we're going to start with Edgar Rice Burroughs, and we're going to go Tarzan of the Apes. Yes, uh, yeah. The man so like himself. Pulp- Pulp detectives, yeah. pulp, pulp sci-fi, pulp yeah. horror, and then yeah, the pulp jungle. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I love what you're doing. Uh, so I think that's what we would uh, start with. Obviously, uh, kind of Burroughs is influential to a number of genres, uh, but Tarzan is, is an iconic character um, that peaked with Disney uh, in '99 that we talked 98? about last week. 98, 99. I was it last week? It was 99. It is 99 because it came out the same year back as Iron on. Giant. That's right. Your facts. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I, I think uh, he he sets the archetype of a certain type of character uh, that gets us into the jungle, uh, at least from a uh, Western mindset, uh, British mindset. Uh, from there, we're going to go uh, into the movies, and we're going to take a look at the African Queen, which uh, isn't quite as pulpy, um, but it's a good time when a uh, a drunk uh, river captain and a missionary uh, have to uh, <laughs> work to their way down uh, the river. And good times ensue as uh, Katie Hepburn and Bogey uh, just have a blast. And, and I mentioned <laughs> off air in the text that uh, I, I really feel like uh, Rocky's uh, channeling Bogey here, or at least the, the writers were with this character. Mm. And, and I think you kind of see that in The African Queen. Uh, we'll jump ahead to the 80s. Uh, we're going to take a look at a, a, a good uh, twofer uh, from... Uh, Spielberg and his ilk uh, Zemeckis with uh, The Temple of Doom and Romancing the Stone. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. A, a solid pairing. I went with Temple of Doom because it feels a little more uh, in the vein of this uh, in its setting and danger. Yeah, it's got all the danger Rutger, Rutger and, Kipling bullshit you can get into. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then Romancing the Stone obviously made Zemeckis uh, in a lot of ways and uh, it's just a, a good time there with Douglas and Turner and, and what they're doing and kind of Really playing it feels like we don't get a ton of these movies, but a lot of times when we do get them, they're either very good or very forgettable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Romancing the Stone is is definitely, I think, in the upper part of that. We don't talk about its sequel though. Uh, mm-hmm. The '90s, the only thing that was really keeping this genre alive uh, was Tomb Raider. Uh, so I think we got to talk about Tomb Raider uh, for a little bit and Lara Croft and all that that entails. Uh, yeah, a number clo- of levels. As close as you get is the mummy, and that's the desert. That's not the jungle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's I mean it's kind got of the a spirit, tone, but it's yeah. yeah. And I thought about doing uh, uh, George of the Jungle mm-hmm. as well and get the Brendan Fraser mm-hmm. in there. Uh, There's that um, Jungle Book remake with. Um, uh, oh, the guy that did the Bruce Lee biopic. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Jason Scott Lee. Jason, Jason Scott Lee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. That's not I the same, though. I think um, 
Yeah, and I thought about that because I thought about like Cebu films and like all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff as well, which is a whole nother kind of realm of this yeah. layer to this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Tomb Raider, uh, the video game series, is what we'd look at and kind of uh, the the massive success of that. Uh, and and then kind of pivoting from there, we'd also look at Uncharted, I think, and Nathan Drake mm-hmm. and and everything uh, that came along with Naughty Dog and and that franchise and how it kept these stories alive. Uh, we'd take a little more realistic approach and take a little more realistic look with the recent Lost City of Z, starring Charlie Hunnam and Robert Pattinson, uh, which is a based on a true story tale of this person who went on an expedition to the jungles and uh, gives a much more realistic look at. You know what these sorts of people do, and and mm-hmm. the conditions of which they would have been active in. Uh, we'll get a little more pulpy again as we bring it to a close. Uh, we'll be taking a look at Kong Skull Island, nice, and uh, the recent MonsterVerse uh, pick there. We'd also look at The Rock again and Jungle Cruise, uh, which is very Riff on African queen, yep, very yeah. African queen, um, and. All takes place, it looks like, on a uh, green screen. Um, <laughs> so we'd talk about that, and then we would end with uh, this year's The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, yeah. uh, which is just a good time, uh, but carries on a strong tradition of these sorts of films, but also playing with it and casting Channing Tatum as the uh, the dumb guy who thinks he can he can solve the day, mm. uh, which is a, is a very fun bit that, that takes place in that movie. So that's what we do, though. We talk about jungle adventure, look at the genre, kind of tracing its roots through uh, film and literature and video games and other media and, and see kind of where it exists today. Very cool, very course. cool. What is your syllabus looking like there, Dalton? Well, this could either be a, a film syllabus or a, even a gender study syllabus, but it's uh, this would be like a... a segment of a larger one as well as Arthur's be a module in a class about archetypes mm. and uh, we'd, we'd bring in the rundown to talk about the, the loner with a code or the badass with a code uh, we could probably start earlier than Arthur's beloved Les Samurai mm-hmm. but I don't think we will I think that's a good place to start okay. uh, I, I need to catch up with that movie but I know that is kind of one of the granddaddy of like you know assassin with a with a code movies yeah so we got to start there uh, I also got to talk about um the Jim Jarmusch movie that I love, Ghost Dog, mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. with uh, Forrest Whitaker. Um, a couple of other ones from that uh, same era. You've got Leon uh, or The mm. Professional, depending on where, where you're getting the the release. Uh, but yeah, the, the, kind of a big deal in the 90s. These sort of, uh, you got the Boondock Saints, we'll probably leave them out though, just because, I don't know, the movie's fine. We've talked about it on the show. There's there's not a lot of there there. It's yeah. it's kind of whatever. Uh, but again, it's still a very '90s thing, and I think kind of interesting to talk about that. Uh, I think we should talk about Omar Little from The Wire, the Michael K. Williams character. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think he's really useful here. I would even bring in uh, to get a, a female character that's sort of in this milieu. Uh, bringing Charlize Theron's uh, Lorraine Brockton from Atomic Blonde. Mm. Uh, she, you know, she ends up kind of working for her own ends and not really being a state actor. Uh, so kind of, you know, the, the intelligence uh, professional who who's working through their own, their own ends and their own, uh, their own missions behind the scenes. I think that's kind of interesting. Uh, bring in Joaquin Phoenix as Joe, and you were never really here, the Lynn Ramsey movie that we love. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, different kind of loner, different kind of code, but I think very useful. Mm. And I think we'd look at Paul Schrader's recent trilogy of uh, kind of disaffected, sad dudes who journal mm. uh, with uh, First Reformed, <laughs> The Card Counter, <laughs> and this year's uh, Master Gardener, which I haven't seen yet, which, you know, I don't think is actually out yet anywhere. Uh, do you know about this one, Dustin? I haven't heard about this one yet. This is Joel Edgerton is a reformed neo-Nazi who's become a master gardener and is, of course, journaling because it's a Paul Schrader movie. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Whoa. I forget who else is in it, but it's got a great cast. That's a lot of whoa right there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, whoa. Yeah, kind of a... a, a <laughs> but I think, again, this, this, this Schrader trilogy 
gives us this sort of this archetype that largely exists in action movies or crime movies and brings them into a more realistic type of movie and gives us that psychology of like, what is this sad person who like feels like they have to structure their entire life around some sort of code? Like, what is that kind of person like? Mm. Why are they so immaculate? Why are they so like detail oriented and, and driven by like the sort of ascetic uh, monk like existence? Um, so I think it think it'd be really fun. And again, I, I you could use this to talk about sort of masculine archetypes. That's why I say you could do it as a gender studies uh, class. But again, as film archetypes, you could talk about like what do these characters represent on screen? Is it you know some sort of uh, violence that can be reasoned reasonable violence? Right? Is that what we're looking for with these these kind of anti heroes that have their own way of looking at the world? Like, what do we want out of these characters? Uh, and again, I think. Uh, Beck sits pretty squarely in that mm-hmm. tradition as a, you know, again, <clears throat> the the question of whether or not he's going to break his code is kind of central to the rundown's, like, dramatic tension, mm-hmm. and I, I think works really well. Uh, Dustin, how would you teach uh, the rundown? I have two options. Okay. I have double syllabi today. Uh, syllabi, syllabus number one is uh, doing some sort of studio history about WWE films, which later becomes WWE Studios, and uh, looking at some of the uh, sort of major high points. And there's a bunch, I mean, there's a bunch. Yeah, there's films. a bunch that didn't go to theaters. Yeah. yeah, and so you might look at like that first Hulk Hogan movie, The No Holds Barred, mm-hmm. as just sort of like the opening sort of salvo yep. into that. Uh, and then, and then this film, I think you can also look at Birth of a Dragon, which I think is an interesting sort of exploration into the Bruce Lee world. And then uh, something else is a little strange: their film Oculus, uh, which is another interesting movie. There oh, it was Kane. Well, yeah. Uh, no. No, 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 no. I think you've seen the, I seen Evil. Seen Evil. The Mike Flanagan yeah. mirror yeah, movie. Yeah, the mirror movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that's an interesting sort of different kind of movie for them totally. and so the ways in which I they do that, that was a wwe movie yeah i know right Weird. and so it so that they, they've got some variety there and so thinking about the projects they choose because they are sort of like money people that work behind uh certain other projects as well as uh people trying to you know the, a studio that's seeking to uh, give uh, star vehicles to the wrestlers so marine with john cena is another good example yep. see no yep. evil with kane as yep. you mentioned and so there, there's some options there um then i was would say uh in a more proper uh film theory kind of course so that's more of a film history course mm-hmm. in a film theory driven course you might look at just post-colonial theory and uh this kind of cinema and so by doing that i would obviously use this film and then some essays by spivak and essays by edvar saeed uh just dealing with sort of the the, the nitty-gritty of what post-colonial theory kind of looks like there and this idea of a representation and the the, the notion of what does it mean to be an oppressed and marginalized people in the two-thirds world and what that you know, sort of dealing with some of those political consequences of that. Also, uh, Antonio Negri and uh, Michael Hart's book, Empires, might make a showing. I don't know. Do you know? Uh, oh, God. No, no. I was going to ask you, you know about uh, Raul Peck's Exterminate All the Brutes? You know Raul Peck? I did, know. Uh, I'm Not Your Negro? Um, oh, I do know that movie, yeah. yeah. That he did that, and he also did Exterminate All the Brutes, which is a miniseries for HBO. Okay, yeah. Which sort of deals with, like colonial theory and also like the representation in cultural and cultural and cultural depictions and media depictions like throughout the history of of sort of colonialism interesting it's really interesting yeah it's got some like narrative beats with josh hartnett as sort of like the the specter of like 
white man's violence like mm-hmm. throughout throughout human history uh but then it's a lot of archival footage and you know essays and stuff it's well, really interesting and i think would fit here speaking really about well. white man's violence the mm. white man's burden idea mm. of uh rudyard K- uh, kipling would come up there and sure. so uh, probably that little bit of poetry and also his uh, uh novel kim would be a book that we would look at uh in terms of films i think we would look at this film we might look at i i, I Clouseau's wages of fear comes to mind as although um the uh, colonized peoples are more of a backdrop in that particular film, but I, I think the fact that they're a backdrop is interesting of itself, and so that's a movie I thought about. I'm also thinking about the the 20 teens release Taboo, uh, which was a film I liked a lot when it first came out, and it also deals with the same kind of concepts of uh, post-colonialism, and then uh, the Battle of Algiers, uh, which is um, in Africa, dealing with the same kind of revolutionary moment of uh, French-occupied uh, French uh, Afri- North Africa, yeah. and so those are some of the films that we might look at uh, as well and so that's that's an approach uh, I, again which one I'd rather do depends on the class and the day of the week and kind of what I'm into at that particular moment so um, those are your options dear listener your syllabus just got much longer and with that I believe it's now time for us to get down to business it's business That's right, and that business is, as always, analysis. Um, I want to talk, before we get into too much of this, uh, probably theoretical conversations about Brazil and all that, um, think about uh, some of the formalism of the film, not just in the way it's edited in a way that's sort of interesting in the sort of Edgar Wright kind of channeling uh, kind of uh, sort of microscopic you know, level mm-hmm. editing mm-hmm. that goes on there, but the, the way in which the movie is aware that it's a movie by dialogue. And so I, I'm thinking about that barroom fight where Christopher Walken walks in and says, well, here's a plot twist. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, as though you expected one thing to happen and now something very different is going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, a, there's another moment moment where um, The Rock sort of runs down through all the things that um, Sean Michael Scott is going to do to sort of plead his case to try to avoid this. And I know you're going to run, mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to... And, yeah. And, and, and even even then, there's a way in which it's sort of upset because he does come back. All these characters have seen a movie or two before. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, the option A, option B thing is such a, like a, a screenwriter conception of what a tough guy would say. Yeah, right? yeah. Like it's, yeah. So, it's so corny, but like The Rock makes it work because well, he can sell anything like that. I'm also know? really infatuated by the way Christopher Walken is watching all this play out in his like screening room mm-hmm. at the end like I think that kind of adds a layer to that too because he's just watching all of his kind of plans collapse right but it's really interesting in a way in what she's watching this action movie take place from the comfort of his office house uh establishment yeah, like, office yeah dog house kind of yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, scarecrows or scarecrow's nest yeah kind of area yeah but just have this kind of you're saying this is referential thread kind of running through yeah, the film. throughout the movie yeah, yeah which i think is just kind of fun yeah that it's that it's doing that that it knows it's doing a movie especially is, in 2002 i think mm-hmm. yeah it's it's a a pretty showy camera at times but i think it's fun it's you know very peter berg very you know kind of active in that michael bay school of the camera like and it, there's two different modes right there's the, like the beck's tough guy vision mode that we've already talked about but then they do kind of almost a, a god's eye view a couple of times where they'll like zoom out of the jungle at, off of um Dwayne and sean william scott and mm. zoom in on hatcher yeah. the the walking character and his hunt for them mm-hmm. so yeah. there's a couple of ways that the camera gets floaty and you know to different ends which i thought was kind of interesting yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. And then, and I, I think that sort of is something it can do to sort of make up for its stitched together narrative, where it is this very much this action sort of, again, tough guy, um, good, uh, was assassin with a code yeah, kind of thing. Loner with a code, tough guy with code. Yeah. Right. Uh, Midnight Run meets uh, Romancing the Stone with a little bit of Temple of Doom. Yeah, it's got right. the, the nouveau samurai thing, but it's also that Sean William Scott mentions, but it is also the buddy cop thing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, as, as mm-hmm. Arthur said, it's like, well, you both said it, I think. It's several kinds of movies stitched together in a martial arts film i mean you know go ahead well i think it also speaks to your point about all these archetypes who have walked out of different movies well yeah so i've i've do you want me to give you the the rundown (laughs) on my my character rundown we'll we'll see you next week (laughs) (laughs) well the first one i wrote i was like you got the uh the badass short king and ernie reyes jr um you've got the evil colonizer and walk-in uh you've got sean william scott who is like both the dipshit with the heart of gold and a, it belongs in a museum guy and a rich runaway guy. Right. So he's a couple of different cats. Dawson's the secret rebel. That's a pretty obvious one. And then, of course, uh, The Rock is the the loner badass with a code. And then Ewan Brimmer is the eccentric pilot. Like, how many mm-hmm. things have a kooky pilot? Right. So many things. And Ewan Brimmer shows up as the weird Scottish guy, like, perfectly. Who brings the bulls of the apocalypse. We must talk about the it's bulls of the apocalypse so later. But, um, man, I, <laughs> that character is wild. He's bananas. Yeah, and they're all bananas. That's my pet snake, Reggie. I mean, it's, it's, that, it's that moment from yeah. uh, Raiders, right? He's just doing all kinds of wacky stuff throughout the whole movie. <laughs> the duct tape on the plane, the bagpipes, it's all goofy as hell, and I yeah, love it. But so, yeah, each each of those characters is like walking out of a different movie and is like kind of their own type of archetype. Absolutely. Um, I do think this movie does know um, what its role is in terms of uh, star persona construction, mm. that it is very much a vehicle for not just you know Dwayne The Rock Johnson to be the star of this movie, but it is also uh, designed, I think, to propel him to stardom. Now, even... Richard Roper th- said it was his arrival or something like that. Mm-hmm. That was part of his review. It was like, this is his coming out party. Yeah. It was yeah, I mean, Richard Roper's take. Yeah, and I already mentioned the Arnold. I mean, that really was, I remember online being kind of talked about as a passing of the torch action movie hero moment you know when he bumped shoulders in the club you know good luck kid good luck kid yeah it very much is a meta moment. Yeah, it, it absolutely works. And uh, the camera does this sort of thing with him. You know, the way in which it uses slow motion um, during some of the action scenes, the way in which when we have this sort of slow, talky uh, scene where he's uh, uh, after the, the, the Capoeira fight. Mm-hmm. Where they're um, they're gathered together and they had this sort of discussion about Muhammad Ali versus Mike Tyson, yeah, which is the correct analysis. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I just want to point that out. And that that moment there is really sort of interesting acting, but also they make the choice of him taking his shirt off. The only time he has his shirt off in the entire film, mm-hmm. uh, which is important for just uh, the, the the body of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Well, this is a this is a Vin thing, but I think it bears mentioning. I can't remember what movie it was, but they wanted Vin to take his shirt off, and he said he wouldn't because he only takes his shirt off in Vin Diesel pictures. And what, the movie wasn't a Vin Diesel movie, so he wouldn't take his shirt. I think it was Triple X, but I can't remember. Uh, that is a Vin Diesel movie, though. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> creative control, I think, is the question. Oh, so I, I can't remember. Maybe it wasn't Triple X. I can't remember the huh. movie. But it's part of his ethos, and I just, I don't know, I thought That's it was in- worth mentioning. That is interesting. Yeah. But I, I think the key moment there, where, where it's sort of weirdly like strange political sort of signaling as well, is when he finally takes the guns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the slow motion of him come standing up from behind the rock wall with the two shotguns in his hands, and that slow turnaround with the crane of his neck and the Brazilian flag sort of falling and fluttering back behind him, is that that is the moment. This man is a movie star yeah. uh, for me in that film. And That's so, his John Wayne moment. That's that his shooter. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 it's a push-in. Searcher's moment. Yeah, yeah. Not from, searchers. Um, no, stagecoach. Stagecoach, yeah. yeah. Weird for them to do a little bit of Brazilian nationalism, too. I don't know. I don't know quite what that's about. Yeah, uh, that was, doesn't was, mean anything. They're in Brazil, so it's just nationalism. Yeah, the key yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> well done. Good callback to the movie. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I think it's sort of this idea of, of uh, pushing out our colonizers, right? It mm, is, you know, sure. uh, you know, because same thing. Haitian Revolution, American Revolution has got the same kind of, mm-hmm. you know. Um, uh, DNA built into it, right? Uh, but, you know, again, interesting that Dwayne The Rock Johnson is sort of the white savior in this case, which is strange to say. Yeah, Polynesian but, black actor mm-hmm. Dwayne Johnson. But yeah. well, the American savior. Yeah. In, but uh, Well, and that's what's so interesting, right? Like, the sort of American-Brazilian relationship that sort of continues to colonize the rainforest in the, in the name of cattle. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, it is just, it's weird. It's, it's very, very strange. It's yeah. one of those moments where you're like, oh, that's right. Most American films, like, ideologically are totally bankrupt and don't mean anything at all. Well, and, I, and again, that, that that's the moment that's interesting to me is the sort of weaponization of the cattle. Mm-hmm. This is the the tool that is used that is uh, part of this colonial enterprise. You know, we've got the sort of conceit of the gold mine that is all over this film. Uh, but the the real sort of economic driver of this sort of deforestation and uh, de, uh, uh, displacement of peoples is through cattle um, yeah. raising. And then they weaponize the cows to run the white guys out, which is fun you know it's an interesting choice sure. uh and but at the same time it's like they wouldn't have had the success without the cows but the cows are there because um it's snaking its own tail yeah yeah it's, it's muddled a little bit there but it's very very fun um and i do love again and i, I just i just think about the apocalypse of the bulls is what i named that moment there in, in the movie and it's partly because of just again a pop apocalyptic pamplona running of the bulls kind of scenery yeah. that takes place there as well as lo- as alongside the dialogue of our scottish pilot yeah uh which is again the, the sort of the way of righteousness has come upon you and uh it, you know your time you know your time is up kind of stuff right sort of announcing um this is we're we're after you now and uh, that sort of liberation theology that sort of inflects that strangely, again, out of the mouth of a Scottish character, um, but inflects this sort of idea of we've got to, uh, again, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Empower these locals mm-hmm. in order to, again, sort of take control of their own lives. And so I, I found that really just fascinating in the film. And again, it's sort of the way in which his use of religious rhetoric is. Uh, very much Oscar Romero. It's very, very much um, uh, Justo Gonzalez and, 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 and Gustavo Gutierrez, these uh, sort of major liberation theologians. Um, his his use of language very much sort of is in line with that kind of same ideology there. And I just, I found that to be pretty fascinating. I think that's in line, you know, the, the that whole swirl of ideas happening at the end of the movie is also, it, it's all in line with like what ends up happening with the Gato, right? The, mm-hmm. the idol, like... It, it the, the movie comes down on the side of actually no putting it in a museum is also bad. Mm-hmm. You should just yeah. let the people who like it belongs to decide what should be done yeah. with it. And yeah, if they say they're going to sell it to fund the revolution, and that's fine. There's sort of an anticipation of Michael B. Jordan's little scene in um, Black Wander. Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. How do you think they got it? Yeah, uh, the Oompa Loompas thing. Uh, pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, that's what the Oompa should have done, was unionize. <laughs> of course. <laughs> We've talked about this. We've discussed this at length. It's pretty pretty good moment. I just oh. love walking in this movie. He's really he's throwing heat. I love yeah, it. Yeah, he is. He absolutely <laughs> is. There's a little bit of uh, they only make blood diamonds rhetoric here. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
just you know, I, there's there's not really much to say about it other than that. Yeah, precious stone, precious stones and precious metals come from yeah, or rare, rare earth things that power your iPhone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, it's all coming from somewhere gross. Yeah, yeah. There, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism, perhaps, uh, is part of the suggestion of this film. Again, which I, I, I don't want to make it too uh, radical. Yeah, the movie's definitely not. A, as a text, but yeah. there's definitely some radicalization that's sort of somewhere. There are in, threads you can threads tug of it. at. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's this common thread that we've picked up on in a lot of American action movies, right? It's just like the the we have to create a scenario in which an American is the underdog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and sometimes that's, you know, Ryan Reynolds in uh, the safe house fighting the rest of the intelligence apparatus sometimes it's dwayne johnson fighting another american who's yeah. down there doing his For, own business. alongside the real underdogs yeah yeah, yeah. And alongside the real underdogs the american has to fight other americans <laughs> yeah yeah and, and, and so it's sort of interesting the way that works there um do we want to talk any more about the editing of this film and the way that sort of the the the, the pacing in which that that uh terminator vision of Beck works. I don't know. I, I was going to go back to your talking points about, and this could probably lead us to something Dalton brought up last week, but there's an interesting way as, as action hero, you know, you mentioned that moment that is his action hero moment. He rises with the gun, uh, but there's also this moment. Uh, it, it feels like there's an amalgamation that traces the history of the action hero from Arnie, uh, obviously, but I think the way he's sort of put through the ringer isn't unlike John McClane, mm, right? Mm-hmm. Who really has, you know, kind of in comparison to some of the other action heroes was a little more human in mm-hmm. nature and had to really, you know, out there getting his feet cut up, you know, walking through glass and crawling through stuff. And there's a way in which he is, he's being put through the ringer here as well. Kind of testing his metal cinematically, I think. The, there, I, I, I totally agree because he is sort of thwarted at um, at many many levels. I mean, he, he you know he gets his backside handed to him in that capoeira fight. However, mm-hmm. that capoeira fight takes place after he falls down a mountain and doesn't die and gets thrown forty feet in the air. They, by... threw, they threw the rock's cousin down a mountain for that. Yeah, <laughs> he he did most of his own stunts, but uh, they they his cousin did that one. And yeah, they threw his ass down the mountain. <laughs> but just a real stunt. I'm just telling you right now, any human being's dead. Yeah, at, you know at this. Yeah. Point. Yeah. And, and and so uh, uh, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I do think there's a there's a vulnerability in the way in which he's got to sort of rise up and overcome and you know uh, just well take the take up the gun yeah uh, in order to do this. But there's also this at the same time there's not this sort of feet sh- um, shredded by the glass yeah you know sort of vulnerability that he gets thrown through the air forty feet and hits every branch yeah. of the tree going down and is not broken back yeah and or broken back when he gets laid up against the uh, DJ desk in the very first scene oh, yeah. I yeah. Mean, that would display yeah, something. Your, your, ma- your, your life is over. I mean, at this yeah. point, you're not going to walk the same yeah. again. He, well, he does shoulder tackle a brick column and knock it out. Man, I love yeah. it. It's a pretty cool scene. <laughs> it's so good. Some fun wire work. But I think this. there's this way in which it's almost like DNA splicing from these different action mm-hmm. archetypes. Yeah. And, and creating this new mold in, in The Rock mm-hmm. as a modern action figure you're right though that it's so interesting to like for to watch that humbleness like turn into something else because you know cut to fast five in 2011 and you've got vin and the rock like arguing about who who gets punched like they all they have to get punched the same number of times yeah nobody can win the fight like it has to be an equal and it's it comes down to this branding type stuff where it's is very interesting that the the action heroes like everything else become about personal personality marketing yeah it's 
distressing a little bit, yeah. as all internet things are. And you really meant, you know, mentioned, you said last week, I think, that this is arguably maybe The Rock's best role or, or something, because by today he is a, a walking brand, essentially, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we talked about movie stars brand when we talked about Will Smith a few weeks ago when mm-hmm. we did a movie starring Will Smith. Um, <laughs> it might have been Men in Black. That was it. Uh, but Rock is very much, I mean, him, you know, Tom Cruise, Will Smith, maybe uh, J-Lo. Ryan Reynolds, who you Ryan Reynolds, right, yeah. are, are very much brands. Yes, all mm-hmm. very outward public facing, all have like big online presences. But yeah. there's a way in which almost anything The Rock does today, mm-hmm. a social media post, a public appearance, everything is about something he's created like mm-hmm. i mean he's he's got his clothing line he's got his tequila he's got his energy drink he's got his exercise gear he's got his, mm-hmm. the deal with under armor he's got all these movies like the the inspirational videos he puts on instagram yeah. for yeah for like uh health and fitness yeah you know but, um channels yeah but there's always this way in which he's just a walking commercial mm-hmm. which is a very unique thing like he's not yeah. even mm. human i mean anymore you know i i think a little bit about audrey hepburn and chanel yeah you know like there, there there's there is some history of this in the history of film uh, a little bit in terms of personas there's a little bit of john wayne being real selective about his roles yeah. and uh the kinds of characters he wants yeah. to play and the directors he can work with and the way in which he can write his own yep. ticket that's there in classical you know, sort of Hollywood studio era kind of production, but there, there really is nothing like this uh, that takes place up until Dwayne the Rock Johnson shows up. I mean, even you know George Clooney's got a brand and he sells that sort of frothy cat, cat coffee stuff mm-hmm. that he yeah. that he sells. But I mean, I don't really think of him as that guy until I start thinking about him hard. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, you uh, you you think of John Hamm as Don Draper uh, at first, then you remember, oh yeah, he's also a pitch man for like. 50 companies mm-hmm. he yeah. actually literally is don draper that's right i right. forgot yeah. yeah but for some reason with the rock it is it does you kind of think about him as dwayne johnson media mogul first but, yeah and he stops him from being able to disappear into a role we'll probably talk about the movie southland tales on this show at some point in the near future uh I, I, well not near future but <laughs> i was like oh, <laughs> but we will be talking about someone it some is not coming during the show somebody shook the magic eight ball and tried to make a call there <laughs> no Be- becca was pretty insistent that she's probably going to pick it uh as her choice if we don't do it without her picking it uh mm. but anyway we'll talk about the rock in that movie when we talk about that movie but i just it's so interesting that you know, in this mid two thousands run, he's just making different choices that he yeah. wouldn't he wouldn't make today. And it, well, he's it young make, and hungry. I mean, yeah, it's, it it's makes really you wonder what his career could have looked like, right? right? If different movies had hit. You well, know. yeah, yeah. I, and and I I think about a more interesting world where he keeps doing that kind of stuff. Where, totally. Well, I, I think he still gets the Moana role. Like I, I still think that's a thing that he does. And that's maybe his best role of the last decade. You know, and and still does that, but he does something well more akin to an actor like well Jimmy Stewart. Who is you know willing to um, absolutely be a movie star, but is real selective on those roles? And you know, and Jimmy Stewart. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something semi blasphemous. I don't think he's an incredibly ranged actor. I think it's fair, but I think he's a really charismatic presence on screen. Yeah, and that's why he works. Yeah, and so making those choices to work with specific kinds of auteurs and doing some kind of blockbuster kind of filmmaking. You know, make I'll make a John Ford movie with John Wayne. Sure, I will, and I'll play kind of a feckless kind of attorney kind of character and then you know let's just do that in yeah. the man who killed liberty valance i mean i i think that's really interesting 
and uh, you know the sort of bad guy good guy that he is in Vertigo, and you know, these these sort of interesting less heroic roles, and the Mister Smith goes to Washington stuff, and I would love to see Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Do you think Dwayne Johnson thinks of Black Adam as his Vertigo? He <laughs> 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 thinks, thinks of it as his his his, his going anti-hero. An, his going anti-hero. Yeah. yeah, I would be surprised if Dwayne the Rock Johnson thought of Vertigo. Yeah, I'd be curious. I, w- I wonder what he's into. You know, he's, yeah. he's obviously probably has movies that he likes. He's, he's a really smart guy. So I mean, he's so so savvy. Yeah. They, oh yeah. They got him on the video game awards, and you know what? He sold Black Adam, and he sold the Rock Energy Drink, and I think he sold one more thing while he was on the video game awards. He does not. He's he not stop, stop. He doesn't stop working. Yeah. Exactly. He is a walking marketing he's a company. Bu- yeah. He's a billboard for the Rock. I mean, with the chest. He is a NASCAR. He, he is, is a NASCAR. He, he, he is, is a NASCAR. NASCAR. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just so interesting, like, what... I mean, we're, we're kind of talking in circles about internet culture now, but it is interesting how, like, social media has turned celebrities into influencers in a really mm-hmm. kind of which is weird way. Which isn't unlike the Hollywood era, I mean, the classical era. Yeah, you're totally right. It's not that dissimilar from it at all. It's just we're we're all now also swept up in it, too. Yeah. It's the same machine There's we're all a different way we can connect. Yeah. But Burnham talked about this a lot, yeah. like the eighth grade media tour and yeah. all that. So this is not anything new we're getting at mm-hmm. here. But like, I don't know, just it's it's interesting to to think of The Rock as a like a focal point for all of this stuff, just because he does have such an interesting career from this to now, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and this is, I agree with Richard Roper. You know, I think that this is like the the one, right? Because Walking Tall is after this. Yep, that's what I thought. I mean, I think it. this is the. I mean, this is two thousand two. This so this is the first thing he does after Scorpion King. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, this is oh, his wow. maybe first or second shorty, like sort of be cool. big um, lead role. Yeah, it's his yeah, second yeah. big lead role. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, and, and and what we're sort of part of what we're banding banding about here, dear listener, I guess if I can be didactic for a second, is the difference between acting and persona, mm-hmm. and uh, the idea of the persona being the uh, the fictionalized self that is created in film that is uh, uh, re- recursively uh, um, repeated in film roles, and then that persona is, well, the kayfabe continues, uh, uh, to use a wrestling term, after you're outside of the world of the film doing those promotional spots or showing up at the Video Game Awards or showing up on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever it is you're doing, that there's a way in which that sort of stuff is maintained. And there are um, particular... that's what I'm looking for. Uh, studio players, I'll say, mm-hmm. uh, because I'm trying to make a distinction between those that are actors and those that are sort of personas. Mm-hmm. And what Dwayne Johnson has chosen is the role of persona. And so he plays a certain kind of persona. That's what he does, uh, as opposed to uh, what we call more actorly kind of performance uh, roles. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is sort of like the big obvious easy example there you know denzel be another denzel one denzel would be another one yeah. you know actors that sort of disappear into their roles and that there is a strong sort of distinction between this is a person versus this is a uh, a, a certain kind of character that they play and so he's very much in that persona kind of role there and so this is the that's sort of the distinction that we're sort of banning around in the world of star studies uh see richard dyer for more information but um anyway um do we have any other sort of uh, major areas of uh, engagement with a movie like The Rundown? I mean, we've said pretty much everything there is to be said about the colonial stuff. Uh, we've mm-hmm. talked about the archetypes. Uh, I can't think of anything that we haven't touched on. That sounds like a pretty good rundown of theoretical uh, handles. Let's move on to uh, rendering a verdict, then, of the film The Rundown. What do you say, Arthur? Shell for trash. Go. I think 
that I will very gently place this on top of the trash can. Uh, I you're you're not going to miss anything in your life if you never catch this movie. Um, I think for a very specific uh, audience, it probably uh, was very nostalgic. And uh, if if you are a Dwayne the Rock Johnson completionist, uh, obviously you probably put it on your shelf. Uh, but I think it is very, very easily put into the trash can. Very good, very good. What do you say, Dalton? Yeah, I'd echo that. It's a very light trashing. It's not bad. You know, it's, it's, I had, I'd I watch it again. I, yeah, I got a nostalgia pop watching yeah. it for sure. I remember watching this when it was, uh, first came out on DVD. Uh, but yeah, this is, this can live on a ad supported streaming service. That's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and I'm going to say basically the same thing. I don't think you need to own this movie. I think if you get a chance to watch it, you should. It's definitely a recommend. That's fun. You know, yeah. but um, definitely not a, a movie to own. I mean, I, no, why, no. Just yeah, owning this in physical media seems completely unnecessary for a couple of reasons. Uh, it is sort of again disposable in the sense of it is fun, but it's not you know earth shattering. But it's also um, I think it's going to be one of those movies that's always going to be around. It's just always going to be there to be to be seen, and so there's no need to own it. In the process of our doing production for this, it, it went from being on Peacock to only being on Tubi. So like, yeah, sure, it's going to fall off of stuff, but. It'll, it'll, it'll be around. Somebody else is going to grab it, yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, Universal is going to continue to sort of cycle that stuff around, So, which is the main production company. I mentioned WWE Studios, but I'm... Yeah, NBC Universal is the... It's a Universal uh, joint for the most part. All righty. Well, with that, I believe we are done with analysis of this film, but we would love to participate in the conversation with you all out there, and Dalton's going to tell you how. I sure will, Dustin. Uh, if you want to send us long-form feedback, you can email the show, goodtrashgenrecast at gmail.com, the name of the show you're listening to, at gmail.com for that long-form feedback. You can also keep up with us on uh, Elon Musk's pet project that he can't stop running into the ground. Uh, and we're going to do our part to make it as unprofitable as possible over at Good Trash Media. I, I I already paid for the check. Yeah, yeah, you, you already <laughs> paid for the check mark. day one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stephen King has been hilarious on oh this. Oh my issue. god! I, Just watch him haggle with Stephen King. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. Ugh. Anyway, we're at Good Trash Media on Twitter. If you want to find us, we post links to this show, other shows in our orbit, uh, all kinds of good stuff there. Uh, Finally, if you want to help support us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash GTM and uh, find out how you can uh, do things like pick a movie for us to talk about, um, do things like uh, get a DVD or a Blu-ray sent to you, um, all kinds of fun stuff over at patreon.com forward slash GTM. That's it for getting in touch with us, and that leaves only Arthur telling us what we're going to talk about next week. Well, boys, next week, we're going to tumble out of bed. And stumble to the kitchen. We're going to pour ourselves a cup of ambition. Mm-hmm. And yawn and stretch and try to come to life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We might even jump in the shower and get our blood pumping. Out in the streets, the traffic starts jumping. While folks like us watch 9 to 5. Yeah, we can take that gun of mine and turn them from a rooster to a hen with one shot, baby. <laughs> I love me some Dolly Parton. This is going to be great. I cannot wait. I, You know, interesting pairing, you know, 9 to 5 and the rundown in that it's not a pairing. No, 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 no. There's some interesting stuff about labor going on in both of these <laughs> oh, movies. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> well, the tie-in right there. There are movies in which people worked. Um, yeah. You're not wrong. Labor is happening and being exploited. <laughs> all right. Well, you keep watching, we'll keep talking, and we'll see you all next time I'm not afraid